the 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. All right, Craig, thank you. 407 on this Thursday, December 28th, uh, 2023. I'm Dave Congleton. So here's the deal. Why is it the economy doing well on so many fronts, and yet we have a president who can't crack 40% approval rating? This is a publication called Public Notice. President Biden isn't in an ideal position heading into a presidential campaign cycle where everything is on the line. But to the extent economic issues end up playing a role in the 2024 election, he's in good shape and really doesn't get the credit he deserves. Biden's strong economic stewardship hasn't yet shown up in his approval numbers, which remain quite bad. According to 538's tracker, he's currently at 39.1 approve, 55.2 disapprove, which puts him about 16 points underwater. Cable and mainstream news is consumed with his weak polling numbers versus Trump. The horrific ongoing war in Gaza has split his coalition and especially alienated young voters. Thankfully, we have Bill Ostrander in studio to sort it all out. (laughs) Bill, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Dave. Thanks for putting that on me. Thanks for coming in. So uh, I guess the basic question, are you surprised that after all this, Biden still can't crack 40 percent in most polls? Yeah, I am, but not just because of uh, the economy. Um, you know, I'm not here to to stump for Biden, but when I look at try to look at it, you know, as objectively as I'm able to look at, I mean, to me, somebody was able to put NATO together just to sort of oppose Russia without putting a single person, you know, a, a single American soldier at war, deserves an enormous amount of credit just for that alone. So I think he's made a, a tremendous number of good decisions, you know, over the last three years. And the economy is one of those things which I think he's defied expectations over and over and over again and yet he still doesn't get the credit for it and as someone who's run for public office what about what about polling these days how reliable is it oh it's terribly unreliable i mean in the old days you had landlines right and people would go through phone books and they would call up and you could get somebody on the phone and typically people would answer Pretty much today, there are, you know landlines uh, are not the primary form of communication telephonically. They're cell phones, and most people don't answer their cell phones, right. and so they're they're extremely inaccurate, in my opinion. And especially when they're this far out. I mean, you know, it's kind of like asking what the weather's going to be next November. It's just yeah. a totally uh, total so you're wild out. guess. We're a year away. And anything yeah. can happen. Oh, yeah. And there always will be. And, you know, next month there'll be something that comes up. There are also anomalies with the polling that you were explaining to me when you came in. The anomalies with the polling. Uh, the, the whole idea of what people say to poll, pollsters and when you tell them what Biden has accomplished, that changes their perception. Yeah. It not only does it change the perception because... One of the things that I, re- I believe that he suffered from is really, really poor messaging. And I think, you know, just recently there was a, an article in the newspaper where he had actually gotten upset at, you know, one of his regular White House staff meetings saying, why are we not getting this message out? Why are we not doing better at actually letting people know of our accomplishments? Because the accomplishments have been significant, uh, in, in, in my opinion. So messaging is certainly part of it. And in, in, in one, uh, polling, uh, done by a company called Navigator, they're trying Trying to let 
find out what, how many people know about the, the legislation that has been passed. And if they don't know about it, what would their opinion be should they, you know, now that they understand, you know, what some of this legislation is and, 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 it, and how good it is for America. And in some cases, uh, particularly with independence, it can change the polling data by 20 points in his favor. So, I mean, clearly a big part of this is just communication. And again, it's one year out. People aren't necessarily focused on the election yet. Yeah, and I would also add to that that typically the most passionate voters are the ones that are the most least informed. And in this particular case, when you get people that are responding to polling data or to polling questions, they tend to be the people who are most motivated, and usually they're people with the low-information voters. So a year from now, I think it's going to be an entirely different picture. But look at the numbers. I just uh, jotted these down from multiple sources. Uh, How has the economy improved? Well, we have low unemployment. Uh, We've dodged recession. Uh, Job growth is strong. Uh, Fourth quarter spending is way up. Unemployment rate has uh, remained below 4% for 22 months. Consumer confidence is a five-month high. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about 14 million new jobs, uh, 2.7% rise in inflation-adjusted income for people. Uh, we're talking about 800,000 new manufacturing jobs, 400,000 jobs uh, just from the IRA legislation alone. Uh, we've seen a 22% increase in GDP uh, over his last three years. I mean, the numbers actually you know, are, uh, express uh, that he's doing a very good job. And uh, throw into that uh, a decrease in black unemployment to a record low, even beats Trump. Trump had the record. Uh, Biden beat it. Yes. But, He's also decreased student loan debt. Yeah. But let's but let's let's I think we have to add this caveat right up front that more credit and discredit is given to the president for the, for, for the economy than they really deserve. And. I think that's an important part of this, too. Part of the reason that I think polling data is so bad in many cases with respect to the economy is is that people actually don't even understand how the economy works or where you can lay the blame at, let's say, the foot of the administration and where it comes from OPEC or where it comes from corporations and, you know, racketeering, not not racketeering, sorry, Um, uh, um, uh, um, you know, from corporate consolidations, things like that. I mean, one study they're showing that half the cost of inflation could be attributed to corporations making price increases basically because everybody else is doing it. There's a, in fact, there's a a whole study done what they call rocket and feather type of inflation. Rocket meaning that as soon as there's a whisper, oh my God, gas prices are going up, they raise the prices. Everybody raised their prices because now it takes me more gas to bring my product to your to your house. But then when the input costs start falling, the the price doesn't drop like a rocket. It drops like a feather, slowly getting down the surface, yeah. down to the ground again. And I experienced that myself in in uh, just recently on one of my construction sites where they're adding a fuel surcharge, even though pr- the price of fuel is down uh, almost two dollars a gallon. And what was your justification for that? Well, again, it's just, in my opinion, because they can, they, because they can. and there there is some studies that suggest that corporate consolidation is having an impact, and that the fact that the prices haven't come down simply because this is a Harvard Business study, by the way, that says that that, that consumers just got used to paying the price, so why lower it? Yeah. Well, 
As we talk with Bill Ostrander, we've got improving economy, but Biden doesn't get the credit. His poll numbers are are way down. And I think what happens in many cases, Bill, is that people, they don't look at these figures, but they go to the pump. How much am I paying for gas? Right. Going to the grocery, going to Spencer's. How much are groceries costing me? Oh, well, something's wrong here. Well, I think you're making a very good point, and that is basically that uh, a lot of these economic numbers are demographic-specific. And by that, I mean that lower-income Americans tend to suffer these inflationary pressures much greater than people with higher incomes. And when we talk about higher incomes, we're talking about, let's say, people or families earning $400,000 a year or more. That's less than 2% of the population. So 98% of the population are suffering inflationary costs at the gas pump, at the grocery store, and uh, and in housing, and none of those things are, are are costs that the president actually has control over, but he gets the blame. On the text line, I don't think the Democrats will unleash their cheerleaders until after the Republican candidate has been narrowed down to one. Well, I'm not so sure that's true. Gavin Newsom was just on Fox just recently, and if anybody was, uh, there hasn't been no bigger cheerleader for Bidenomics or you know even this this present administration than Gavin. They Newsom. seem to be getting away from that label, the Bidenomics. Yeah, because it's not catching, right? It's not catching, and and you could associate bad things with that as well as good things. All right, quick break. We'll come back and continue our conversation, Mr. Ostrander, as we try to figure out why Biden's poll numbers are relatively low compared to the improvement in the economy. What's missing? We're live. We're local. It's Hometown Radio. This is the Dave Congleton Show, always your hometown radio talk show. Bill Ostrander is here. I gave him some homework. I asked him if he could uh, please come in and explain to us why a president who is presiding over a pretty good economy at best is still below 40% in approval rating. And, uh, Bill, based on your research, there are five specific reasons? There are five specific reasons, and they're not necessarily in this order of priority, but let's just put them out there. Uh, To me, this is one of the, the, the top reasons, and that is the message uh, is not getting out. And uh, subsequent to that also is the public is ignorant about the, uh, about the uh, economy and how the economy works. So you'll see people, for example, playing blame at the foot of Biden for gas prices, even though we're a net exporter of petroleum products, and the fact that the petroleum prices are set on the world market, not in the United States, and have nothing to do with the president whatsoever. People still say, oh, well, it's Biden is, you know, raising gas prices, which has completely false. In they fact, put all the faces on the gas pump. He did this. Yes, exactly. It was Biden's face. Exactly. Yeah. Even though in order to try to alter or to, um, to mitigate some of the price increases set by OPEC, he actually released, what was it, so 700 million barrels from the Strategic Oil and Petroleum Reserve. So we're seeing somebody who's actually taking actions against higher prices that are being set by somebody else, and yet the blame is being laid you know, at his feet. Uh, that's, that's an example. Uh, this is something that I, that I have take umbrage with, is there's a steady drumbeat of doom and gloom by conservative media. And, you know, you can put that wherever you want to on the, on the chart of blame. But for me, you know, when all people are hearing is, is the world sucks, Biden sucks, the economy sucks, everything sucks, you know, it tends to bring everybody down. And you just don't see the good news when you want to. You get so used to seeing all of the, the doom and gloom. Three, people have not yet adjusted to higher costs 
right? And in addition to that, a, a sort of a sub-reason is, is that inflation is registered on a year-over-year basis. So the price of food, for example, is up by 20 or 25 percent since 2020, but in the last year, it's only up 2 percent. Right. So we're 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 actually giving credit for a lower inflation level, but the cost of food is significantly higher than it was, you know, a few years ago Four, who was and is most affected by the inflation. Poorer people typically face a higher inflation rate due to spending more of their income on food, gas and rent higher than average inflation rates. So, for example, housing is up. You know, to rent a house, like 27, 29%. To rent a single-family home is up 36%. This is across the country, not just in San Luis Obispo. Food is up 25%, even though we have brought that number down. None of these things are things that are controlled by Biden. These are free market economies, and oftentimes they're driven by investors. For example, again, going back to oil, a barrel of oil changes hands about 50 times before it actually turned into gasoline. Okay, and the fifth reason that I have is that the sharp increase in interest rates, uh, which are also not controlled by the president, to try to make sure that we tame inflation. So when you put all those five things together, you basically have a situation where the president is doing the best he can on dealing with, you know, wars in Europe, wars in the Middle East, uh, dealing with, you know, all the domestic issues, and then doing what he can to mitigate private industry without interfering with the capitalist markets. Well, here's the text we knew was coming. Uh, We need a mentally and physically strong president, especially now. Do you sincerely think he's capable of doing four more years? Um, you know, nobody knows that, but I think it's it's unfortunate to already prejudge him as incompetent. If you think about uh, about uh, Justice Stevens, who wrote the Citizens United decision in 2010 when he was 90 years old and went on to live to almost 100 and read a very uh, a very terrific book about his time as a jurist. Uh, you look at, uh, you know, Willie Nelson, who's 90. You look yeah. at, there's a, there's a, a lot of people out there right now that are performing, uh, at a very high level that are older than Biden. And it's not like his primary opponent as of now, Donald Trump, is significantly younger. He's like three years younger. Yeah, he's three years younger and wildly out of shape in comparison to Joe Biden. So, you know, I think it's unfortunate that, you know, how he comes across, his voice isn't a real commanding voice. Uh, you know, he's had speech impediments over the years. And of course, you know, people like to run with that. But so far, what I've seen over the last four years is a man's made a lot of very, uh, I think, very thoughtful, sage decisions. I was sharing with you the article I read uh, in preparation for this show. I think it was from The Atlantic. And the guy I thought had a pretty good argument. He said, look, this country has never really been in love with Joe Biden. He ran for president twice. One time he was chased out for plagiarism. The other, uh, he dropped out after Iowa. He got 1% of the vote. He, he won in 2020 because he wasn't Donald Trump. And if he wins again, and I think he will, it's gonna, not because he's Joe Biden. It's because of who he's not. You know, and that's that's just the unfairness of charisma. You know, that's really what it comes down to, because I, I myself in 2020 didn't particularly want him as my first choice. Yeah. Uh, but when we got there, we got to go. Okay, well, this is a clear choice for me. But uh, you know, he's never had that 
charisma. He's never uh, he's never really been somebody that sucks all the oxygen out of a room. And he's made a num- numerous gaffes over the years because of his speech impediment, which is, I think has also uh, made people feel uncomfortable. And another thing that I'm, always drives me crazy is is that uh, you know people want to infect his candidacy with the pursuits of his son. You know, and I, I think that's unfair. Well, they have to go after the son because they don't have anything on him. Yes, exactly. But um, do you agree, though, with the conclusion of this author, Bill, the idea that you shouldn't worry because in 2024 we're going to vote against somebody as opposed to supporting Biden? We don't want Trump. That's his theory. Well, when I look at when I look at this situation, not none of us have the ability to see into the future to see how well he's going to perform. You know, is it ideal that we have an 81 year old man running for president? No, I don't think so. You know, I think the rigors of the job are significant. Am I the person to say he shouldn't run? No. And at this point, nobody else has stepped up. So, you know, it's kind of to me, it's a waste of time to go over the speculations about who should be running at this point because they're not running. It's most likely going to be Trump versus Biden. And in my case, it's a very clear choice. We can't have a somebody who's wants to wreck democracy and we got on the other hand we got somebody who's very compassionate and i think that kind of compassion is the right ingredient for president to be honest so in the two minutes before the news break then bill what advice would you give to president biden about messaging to get the point across that his economic proposals seem to be working well, I think he has to have more messengers out there, you know, kind of like Gavin Newsom did, which is go out there and actually state the facts to show people what's going on, to crow about some of those things. I think, you know, one of the things that that, that we've kind of enjoyed about Biden, as far as I'm concerned, is, is he's not a narcissist who's just simply out there trying to crow, crow about, you know, small victories or anthill victories or whatever, that he's actually done very significant things. And there's a lot on the man's plate. There's a lot on anybody's plate at, the, at that level. But uh, I think that I would tell people that, you know, you, you, you've got to look at his record. And from my side, you have to know when to offer somebody food and when to, when to you know, use your fists. And he's somebody that I think you know, has that fine line of understanding. A text, line, uh, text before the news break. It uh, should be said that President Biden has done more to rebuild the infrastructure and bring back manufacturing to this country than any president since FDR. Or Eisenhower. I don't know that that's true about FDR, but Eisenhower certainly with the interstate system. And what you have with Biden is somebody who's added 800,000 new manufacturing jobs in the United States. 400,000 are supposedly uh, associated with the the IRA, the Inflation Reduction Act, which is about putting in you know electrical systems and, and increasing the grid, et cetera, et cetera, and uh, reducing our carbon footprint all across the United States. In some respects, there is reason to believe that's one of the reasons he was able to provide us a soft landing in the economy when everybody else was predicting that this year we'd be in recession, and we're not. All right. Uh, we are trying to figure out what's going on here. We've got a president that can't crack 40% popularity, and yet, by many counts, the economy is doing just fine. So, uh, Bill Ostrander is here. We're off to uh, news and traffic and weather. We'll pick up the conversation and invite your thoughts as well. How do you explain it? We look forward to hearing from you on today's edition of the Dave Congleton Show. Happy Thursday.
Glad to have you with us as part of the conversation. We've got an overriding question here as uh, Bill Ostrander continues to join us. We've got a president of the United States, Joe Biden, whose popularity adds around 40%. And yet the economy continues to improve. So it's a legitimate question. Why isn't he doing better in the polls? We welcome your phone calls. 805-543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Paul checks in in San Louis. Hey, Paul. Hello, Dave. Hey, Paul. Hello, Bill. Hey, hey, Paul. I think, yeah, I think what you're saying is a well-oiled propaganda machine that you, you got with the Republican Party. You know, they have an entire network. <coughs> excuse me, dedicated to just tearing down uh, Democrats. If 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 Joe Biden was a Republican, they would be building statues to him right now because. <laughs> Um, when you look at it, and these are these are not objective facts; these are subjective facts. They're 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 facts. Uh, oil production all time high, thirteen million barrels a day. Never liked that under Trump. Uh, GDP growth, record G- GDP growth uh, during Biden's administration. You got infrastructure projects going up all over the the country. And Republicans are showing up for these groundbreakings, and that's one of the jokes that Biden likes to likes to say. I'm going to see these people at the groundbreaking. All these people who voted against him, and then you have uh, uh, a caps on on insulin. You know these people that are diabetics now they're only paying thirty five dollars for their insulin when before they were paying hundreds of dollars. Let's get a response. Hang on, Paul. Hang on. Oh, I, I think I think you're absolutely right. I think the one that you were talking about specifically in Colorado when they uh, came up with uh, that new plant there and Lauren Boebert uh, voted against the act that, that created the money for that project, uh, created 800 new jobs in her in her district, and yet uh, she showed up for it, but she voted against it. And now she's running in a different, different district. Yeah, different district, yeah, that's right. <laughs> what else, Paul? Well, you can, I mean, there's all kinds of, of Republicans that show up for these groundbreakings when they were fundamentally against it. I, I know even locally here, when uh, Obama passed his, uh, his uh, the rebuild program, you know, uh, in 2009, the Republicans, not one, one Republican voted for it. But when the funds came here locally and we were able to get the Willow Road uh, interchange, guess who showed up for the groundbreaking or when they opened it up? It was Cacho. And, and Paul Teixeira, two prominent Republicans, showed up and smiled for the cameras, and their party, their whole party was against that. Yeah, but in fairness, Cacho had a big part in getting Willow Road. Well, and the other thing is, is here is I don't think that the intent of the show at this moment nor wasn't my intent, at least, simply to Republican bash. Yeah. The intent here is to really to say, why do we have such a PR problem with somebody who has actually done some very good things? Is it simply because the uh, that information is being isn't being communicated? Uh, you know, there's a there's a psychological uh, issue with people that for every insult that you receive it takes 2.87 compliments to overwhelm so if we've heard a a a a, a long uh constant dirge of the 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 economy's negative it's terrible everything's going wrong it's going to take a lot of effort for that to turn around all right paul thanks for the call 805-543-8830 800-549-5832 sandra's in aurora grande hey sandra 
hey. Dave. Uh, yes, thanks for taking my call. So, Bill, what I hear you say is, uh, don't believe your lying eyes, your lying ears, and everything you see around. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. There is a, a massive migration out of California, specifically because of the cost of living, and things have gotten really bad. We have no health professionals. Everybody's leaving. And that is, and those 800,000 jobs you're speaking of, that is because of people having to work two, three jobs to make ends meet. That's number one. Number two, how about the massive migration from from the south coming across the border and the massive amounts of our youth that are dying due to fentanyl overdoses? Because you know what's happening with the open borders that even Democrat uh, mayors are against? Uh, You know what's happening? They overwhelm the immigration officers. So while they're processing all these people, the the narco the narco guys are passing the massive amounts of fentanyl yeah, that are but, killing but, our But Sandra, people. the legitimate question on the table, please, is why isn't Biden doing better in the polls given the economy? What economy you're talking about? We're having to spend so much more of our dollars to make ends to 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 make it. Mm-hmm. I mean, even people who are professionals can't make it. Okay, so even in our area, it, it, it's just bad. You can't, you can't, you can try to spin it any other way, but yeah. it's not, people are not buying it. They, they know what they see and they know what they hear. All right, fair enough. Sandra, thanks for checking in. We appreciate it. How, how do you respond? Well, she's an, she's an example of how people misunderstand the economy or don't understand objective facts. 800,000 new jobs are not an indication that people are looking for two or three jobs. That's an indication that there are more jobs created, period, number one. Number two, when you're looking at the border, nobody wants open borders, and there is no such thing as an open border right now. But you basically have people in Mexico earning a daily average of $12 a day wanting to come to the United States where they can earn, on average, something closer to 120 to $200 a day. I mean, I could go on and on and on and on. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate her, her calling in, yeah. but it's kind of inaccurate. Let's move on. We've got uh, Brett in San Luis. Hey, Brett. Yeah, so, uh, Bill, would you drive with uh, Joe Biden if he was driving? Would you get in the car with him? Yeah, absolutely. I would. I would, I would yeah. too. I would too. Old. I would too. Oh, well, you guys, it, it, Joe Biden, you know, he reminds me of my dad. My dad was extremely sharp, and then he got old, and he got into his 80s, and he was not as sharp as he used to be. And I wouldn't get in the car and drive with him, I'll tell you that much. Joe Biden is too old. Now, that doesn't mean he's not going to win the presidency against uh, Donald. I want to become an authoritarian leader, uh, Trump. But he's too old, and you need to acknowledge that. He's much slower. His cognitive abilities have declined substantially. You can see it based on what? Gate. You can Please, see it no, everywhere, no, Bill. No, based on what? You, you, you're making an allegation here, well, but you're not giving it what? any base. Any, any you see him on the TV? You see him on TV, Bill? Okay. My so, God, he's shuffling like an old man. I've seen him. He's way slow in his thinking and his cognitive ability. I have seen him. I have seen him on TV. But let me ask you something: Are you recorded twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week, three hundred sixty-five days a year, with film, photographs, and your voice? Have you ever made it? Have you? you, No, no. Let me finish. Let me finish. I listen to you. I listen to you. Let me finish. Have you stumbled in the last couple of days? Have you made an error? No. Have you misspoke on, on, on a sentence or a word or something else? When, if you haven't, then you're, you're a superhuman. Because I do. I do it all the time. But what happens is in the media is we tend to take those things and they get mileage. 
so they get played up. But here's an 81-year-old man traveling all the way across the world, across multiple time zones, then standing up and giving a very convincing speech against uh, uh, to other world leaders in a matter of hours. I'd like to see people who are 30 years old do that. Yeah. Bill, I'm going to tell you, I turned 60 for the listening audience, and my cognitive skills are declining, and I'm only 60. So then Trump, should, my, Trump shouldn't run, because he's only three years younger. No, he's too old. I'm not. I'm not suggesting he's got great cognitive skills either. I can't believe he hasn't died of some, you know, disease based on his obesity. Mm. But you know, he's too. And then people. And the thing you're not understanding: people are looking out into the future, and they're saying, "Gee, no, I think we can do. this guy yeah. be my president 12 months from now, or 24 months from now, or 36 months from now?" And that's, okay the, and that's that. the people are looking at. And that's I'm the okay same, with that. Yeah, and that's the same thing they said to him three and a half years ago as well. By the way, and and as I said to Dave earlier, I don't know if you were listening or not, but Justice Stevens wrote a 90-page dissent to the Citizens United decision when he was 90 years old. Right. So you're being a bit of an ageist here, and I understand your point though. So yeah. thanks for calling. Brad, thank you. We go to Gary in Pismo. Hey, Gary. Hey, hi, Dave. I just wanted to say that Bill's done a great job of explaining this, um, and he really touched on a big thing in terms of people not understanding how the inflation has hit us and the economy has actually recovered fabulously from probably the biggest worldwide event since World War II. And when Biden started, the world had just stopped with, uh, you know, the coronavirus uh, pandemic. And you're basically starting at zero over three years. All the numbers show that he's pulled us back better than any country in the world. Inflation hit every country in the world much harder than it did the United States, and we've recovered better. So that's the, the number one point I'd make. Bill? Well, I think, uh, thank you, first of all. And uh, secondly, I think you're uh, ab- absolutely right in bringing up the, our inflation rate compared to other world, uh, developed world countries or developed countries in the world. I mean, right now in Argentina, we're talking about 60% inflation in, in fuel. In Germany, I think their inflation rate is over 5%. Uh, France is 4.9%. I mean, so we're definitely seeing that the United States has the lowest inflation rate under these world uh, economic situations. I mean, people forget that it's a world economy now. It's not just one country's production of goods and services. It's uh, goods and services that are produced, and, and they come from companies all over the world. What else, Gary? Well, and not only Biden's administration, but Democrats in general since about 1980 when Reagan came into office, they have been completely incompetent when it comes to messaging, imaging, communications, uh, driving the message, setting the tone, uh, whatever. Uh, and this administration is only the latest example of that. So, uh, yeah, the, one of the callers said that the Republicans have set up a well-oiled machine. They're right. And the, the Democrats just haven't over the last 40 years. So they need to get on the ball when it comes to messaging and advertising big time. Gary, thanks for calling in. Gary, I'd, I'd just like to point out one thing which you, you brought up, which uh, you alluded to, actually, in terms of, of uh, uh, public relations and so forth. Since 1947, the average annual return under Democratic presidents is 10.8% versus 5.6% under Republicans. And yet, if you ask, if you poll 100 people about the economy, you'll say the Republicans do better with the economy, but it's factually incorrect. All right. Uh, thank you, Gary. 805-543-8830-800-549-5832. Bill Ostrander joins me in studio trying to figure out why President Biden doesn't have higher poll numbers given the status of the economy. We go to Henry on KVEC. Hi, Henry. 
Hi. Uh, Hi. Yeah, it's very clear that uh, the, when when Americans see that our ammunition is being used to uh, to uh, genocide a whole of uh, refugees, that, you know that's uh, that's it right there. I mean, it's a no brainer. People don't like that image of of us doing that. But but I, the only question I wanted to ask about economy as a uh, why is is uh, our, my savings? Why am I getting nothing for my for my savings? Uh, and why are the uh, speculators um, getting the advantage when uh, people and people that are there's no uh, incentive for people to save to put their money? Can you explain how that how that can be a good economy? Uh, because interest rates have been very low for a very long time, and the banks need to make money off of interest rates. The interest rates are set by the Fed, not by you know the executive branch or not by the legislative branch. They're set by a separate entity, and the, use, the levers of the Fed have is to try to control inflation. So they've raised interest rates in order to suppress the flow of money in the economy, to, slow, to cool but it I'm off. But I'm not getting any interest. I'm not getting any of that... Uh for in my checking in my checking account or my savings, I'm not getting anything for putting my money in the bank. Yeah. Sounds like he needs to go to a different bank. Yeah. Mm. All right. Thanks for your call. Thank you, Henry. We've got uh, Scott in Morro Bay. Hi, Scott. Hello. Good afternoon. Hi, Scott. Hi, Scott. Hi. Um. So thanks for taking my call. Some of the reasons I'm going to assume why Biden is not doing so well in the polls is because. NBC and CBS and ABC and CNN are reporting things that Biden is not succeeding on, whereas before they were defending him a lot. Would you agree that those outlets have painted a better picture for Biden over the years and over the last few months they've been attacking him a little bit more and showing a few more things that he's not doing well? I can't answer that because I actually don't watch all of those mainstream news channels. Uh, I tend okay. to read more okay. about some of the uh, some of the news than 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 that, and I, I I try to get my news from a wide variety of sources. Understood that, and 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 so I I look around as well, and what I've seen is that more of the the media that normally is anti-Trump, pro-Biden, is painting more of a negative picture about Biden, whereas for years. He could do no wrong. So my guess is that the media is not being so polite and not putting up a curtain about all the things he makes mistakes on and just pointing out things a little bit more often now. But his unpopularity, it's been throughout the last four years, Bill. Yeah, look, I mean, I, 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 it feels like what you're trying to do is basically to say that he's gotten a pass, but he's actually not a, a good president or something else. I tend to, if, if, if I've interpreted you correctly, I would disagree with that. I think, you know, the CHIPS Act, the lowering the cost of prescription drugs, uh, the um, the Infrastructure Act, et cetera, et cetera. These are all very significant legislation that got passed in a hostile Congress, by the way. And he managed to get these things done. I think he's done an, I, I personally think he's done an excellent job, uh, especially when you think of how unmanageable things are. I mean, he can't manage Putin. He can't manage, uh, uh, you know, the Middle East crisis. He can't manage Fox News. He can't manage, uh, you know, OPEC. And yet he's managed to steer us through some very, very difficult times. I mean, just the fact that he could put NATO together again and actually have a concerted effort to keep Russia from overwhelming Ukraine. When two years ago, everybody said, 
Ukraine was toast. Russia would have over them in three days. And here we are going on two years, and, and they've been held at bay. And that, in large measure, is because Joe Biden managed to put together NATO countries to present a unified financial front to help Ukraine fight its battle of sovereignty. What else, Scott? Well, I, I appreciate that, um, your, your opinion. When, when the last election was taking place and Biden did not have any press conferences, really, he wasn't speaking, he wasn't campaigning, and the press really didn't make any noise about this, this guy running for the president of the United States not leaving his house. I know that's cliche, but he was not out speaking to the public, and they didn't say anything about it. Meanwhile, his candidate, the, the gentleman he was running against, had crowds of 20,000 people everywhere he went. So, and, and one last thing, and, I, and then I'll leave. You said for every negative comment, you need 2.7 compliments to overcome that. For four years, the mainstream media attacked Trump, and his polling numbers are skyrocketing. Well, have you ever heard of the effect of Bonnie and Clyde or uh, of, of James uh, uh, or uh, who's the uh, the uh, the mobster in New York that was just convicted? Gotti. Gotti. Where, you know, there there are sometimes there is a connection to people in the public where they actually applaud somebody who seems to be pushing back against authority figures. And we've seen that over history. It's not the majority. It is a certain percentage of the population who are actually, uh, you know, see projecting onto somebody being successful against big brother or against government or something like that but that that's you know to me that's inconsequential all right scott thank you we'll come back for a final segment bill ostrander i'm dave congleton you're listening to am 920 fm 96.5 news talk kvec Now we have a couple minutes left with uh, Bill Ostrander. If you want in on the conversation, we need that call now, please. 805-543-8830. As we try to figure out why uh, President Biden isn't doing better in the public opinion polls, despite a steadily improving economy. On the text line, Jenny checks in. Hi, Jenny. Maybe all those news stations being owned by the same people now might have something to do with a similar anti-Biden message. Yeah, I don't see that. I mean, in fact, um, yeah, I, I'm not sure I agree with that. Uh, somebody wants to know what your thoughts are about the border. Let me broaden the question. Okay. Is that likely to play an issue in the presidential election? It always plays an issue, and it's one of the reasons, in my opinion, that this is a football that they keep throwing back and forth across uh, to one another. Because if they resolve the border issue, they can't blame the other person for something. So uh, I don't. that's a very difficult question. You have a tremendous number of people masked at the border right now. They need to spend more money on, on, uh, on the judiciary down there to process claims, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, quite honestly, I've, I've long advocated that the United States spends more money on on uh, NGOs and programs in Central America to help increase, uh, you know, their uh, their to improve their economy and to increase convictions of people that are that are committing crimes. Right now, there's in El Salvador, the numbers were something like ninety six percent of of murders go unsolved because people are afraid to testify. Uh, I'm not going to read this whole text, but the conclusion: the person is arguing that NATO 
has been a very bad thing under the Biden administration. I don't know how somebody can say that, but okay. Yeah, I mean, how how do you arrive at that conclusion? Yeah, he rebuilt the alliance. He rebuilt the alliance. He, he, he has demonstrated its effectiveness in Ukraine. And NATO has actually expanded with Sweden and Finland. He's orchestrated all that. Yeah. So I would invite the listeners to do some more research. I agree. Um, oh, well, here's a question we should have started with the beginning. Are you... And is our country better off now than we were three years ago? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I believe so. But, you know, again, the economy is not a one-size-fits-all. There are reasons for people at certain levels to still complain about issues. All right. uh, Let's uh, squeeze in Leslie. Hey, Leslie. Hi, Dave. Uh, Hi, your guest. I've enjoyed listening to the program. I think people ultimately vote their pocketbook. They don't care about NATO. They don't care about this other stuff. As my late husband used to say, if it doesn't affect me, it's irrelevant. And when cornflakes are still $7 a box, gasoline is expensive, rents are expensive, home loans are expensive, people don't like that. They ask themselves, am I better off today than I was four years ago? And if the answer is yes, they will vote for the incumbent. If the answer is no, they will throw him out. It we doesn't gotta go. matter we gotta if go. these things are within his range of control. we got to go, Leslie. I'm sorry. I'm out of time. Uh, Bill, nice job. i got 20 seconds for a final thought. I would just say in this final caller, she's an example of how people misappropriate where the problems lie in the economy and who's at fault or how to change it. Uh, Biden doesn't have any control over interest rates. He doesn't have any control over food prices. And he doesn't have any control over oil prices. And I have no control over the time. Leslie, thank you, Bill. Nice job. <laughs> Thanks thank for you. having me. News, traffic, weather. Dr. Armstead joins us next. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.